episode one of season two of Ever Present with Sherry Beckerson. I'm just so thankful, honored, and privileged to share today's episode with you guys. Today I get to share about one of my most favorite humans whose life was definitely taken far too soon. His life and death has had a tremendous impact on my life, my family, and many others. It's my little brother, Gordon Murray Beckerson. He was born February 1st, 1987, and he died July 9th, 2005, at just 18 years old in a car accident. So yes, that makes today the 15th year anniversary of his death. And I must say, 15 years ago, I would never have believed I would be here sharing this with you today. The pain and guilt of his loss destroyed any footing I thought I had at 21 years old in this world. The rug was harshly pulled from under us that day, and in an instant, life had changed forever. There's a quote that says, you can do something in an instant that can cause heartache for a lifetime. This is 1000% one of those instances. Have you ever had one of those moments in your life where there's that clear line in the sand where your entire life changed so drastically in a single instant? I mean, I think we can all relate a little bit more to this now due to COVID-19, can't we? But for me, I will always have two lives. My life before Gordy died and my life after Gordy died. His death was so traumatic and significant for me, for all of us who loved him. But here I am now, 15 years later, stronger, wiser, and a million times more compassionate. And I know an enormous part of this is only because of my brother. So I'm going to try and honor Gordy today by sharing a little bit more about him, his life, death, and the impact it's made. I believe deeply that everyone's story matters. We all have one, and it's only in sharing that we can really impact, help, and change the world around us. That's what Gordy wanted, and that's who he was. So where do I start in life? Well, Gordy was first and foremost a dreamer. He believed so strongly in his band Endo 4. They started it in grade 7, and he believed in chasing his dreams. He wrote me a letter, actually, while I was out west for my birthday, before he got there in July, and it said, There's no better feeling, Sherry, at least for me, than being out on the road and chasing my dreams. As he was a roadie on tour with a band for Warp Tour before he came to see me. And that was just him. He dreamed of Endo 4 making it big. His passion and love for music and promoting music was so big. Gordy taught me music is therapy. His love for music has definitely helped me over the years, especially through his death. I also asked a few friends and family to, while I was preparing for this, to describe who Gordy was to them in three words. And their responses were amazing and showed just how much love and impact he continues to have. They said things like, Gordy was passionate, adventurous, outgoing, pure-hearted, funny, driven, artistic, talented, loving, cheerful, creative, fearless, compassionate, courageous, kind, wise beyond his years, an old soul. He was intuitive, honest, helpful, realistic. He had integrity and was respectful. Or some people put three words together like my little brother, a fourth son, or one of my favorites, makes everything fun. And fun and funny came up a lot. And I've cried a lot this past little while preparing for this because whether you knew Gordy or Gordo or Gordinia or Pancake Murray or my personal favorite Ron, where he would use his belly fat as a kid to talk to us, These were just some of his silliness and his nicknames from family and friends. And he really was all of these things. 
One thing I love most about him though, and it truly helped me the most through his own death, was he strongly believed everything happened for a reason. He believed meaning could be found no matter what happens to you. This was my saving grace. He also believed in love. He loved his family and friends deeply. He believed his dreams would come true. He believed in making a good first impression or making it up to you if he hadn't. And mostly he believed in helping people. This was his heart. I think this is why so many people said he was wise or an old soul. He believed he could help change people's lives by being a good listener and genuinely caring for people. He said it would actually freak him out sometimes how people would come up and open up to him when he didn't even really know them sometimes and they'd share some pretty personal things. He was just definitely an old soul and pretty genuine. And he knew from a young age that in order to help others, he had to first help himself. One of my words for Gordy is brave. And I remember two shows in particular with his Endo 4 band. Both of them I teared up and both of them gave me goosebumps as I was so freaking nervous for him. I remember thinking, how does he do it? How do they do it? Performing on stage. It was his grade 8 graduation when they played at their grade 8 grad dance at Westview School. And his last show when he told everyone he was quitting the band and going on tour as a roadie. He teared up in everything on stage. And I just remember thinking, man, he's so brave. And as a recovering people pleaser who's given way too much weight in life to what people think about me, Gordy wasn't like that. I mean, we all care a bit, but he owned who he was in a much braver way from a much younger age than I ever did. And I always admired that about him. I also said empathetic and caring for many reasons, but one story in particular, it always makes me cry and it just speaks to his heart and care. It was after our dad died and a friend of mine had made hats that said this one's for Donnie. Gordy didn't have one so he wore mine all the time which was fine but I all I wanted was to wear the hat to my first hockey game as my dad always loved watching my games and he always stood behind the net. And well Gordy was out that day and he had it on so I remember being so upset that I didn't get to wear it to my game. But during the game all I know is I lined up for a face-off and I looked up at one point and I literally had to do a double take because there was Gordy standing behind the net with the This One's for Donnie hat on. And if you know my brother and my dad, <laughs> they looked very similar. So needless to say, I played the rest of that shift fighting back tears for sure. But it just meant so much to me. I remember after telling him to just keep the hat and I got another one and thanking him so much for just doing that. And I could cry like a baby every time I tell that story. I think it just speaks so much to his character and his level of empathy and care. And he was young, but he cared deeply about people. And that was just one way I remember him showing me that he cared about me. So learning to be grateful for the 18 years we did have with Gordy, rather than angry for the years we lost has been my ongoing lesson. And it's Emerson who says, what lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. And I'm just so eternally grateful for who Gordy was and what lied within him. It truly was one of the only things that kept me going back in those initial very dark days um, that helped me continue to fight forward and to never really give up. You see, on the list of greatest fears for most people, death is certainly one of them. We don't usually want to talk about it, do we? But realistically, we can't live life without death. Life and death are interconnected. You can't have one without the other. And I think we all want the promise of a pain-free life, don't we? But what I've learned is there just isn't one. 
There's no easy answer that will take your pain away, no matter what situation arises. Grief and loss are a natural part of life, and although they don't feel good, they can be great teachers if we let them. Some losses are worse than others, but I've learned it's about getting comfortable with the fact that life is a constant exchange of learning to live with and without something or someone. All I can say is thank God Gordy was a writer. He had books of his theories, thoughts, and inspiration left behind for us to hear him after he was gone, and I can honestly say he literally helped me get through his own death. I would write about it often. I could not be going through Gordy's death without him. His words and belief that there was a reason and meaning to everything that happens to us was something I cling to tightly, even when it made no sense and I couldn't see it for myself. I've been reading over his writings and my own writings lately for this podcast, and well, it's been very emotional to say the least, but we both process through writing, so it's also a blessing to have the memories and the reminders, even though my journals are pretty dark. I had a quote that helped me through Gordy's death about a year and a half in that I'd forgotten about. So in January of 2007, I started having little glimmers of hope and I called this time of my life my fight to live because, well, to be honest, the first year and a half, I felt like I stood on that highway. Highway 1A between Canmore and Lake Louise in Alberta, I'll never forget it, where the accident happened. I just stood there watching as Gordy's body drove out of sight. It was a very long, stretched, straight part of the road, and I would not leave until he was gone. But I figuratively stood there, staring in utter disbelief and sadness for the next year and a half on that road. Like I couldn't turn around even if I wanted to. It was just a blur. I was purely existing, numb, guilt-ridden, completely hopeless, very depressed, full of sadness, grief, and rage on the inside. Alcohol was a very dear friend, and escaping was the only logical thing I could do. I was terrified of my own reality, my feelings, and my thoughts. One, that Gordy actually died. Grief alone is heavy and heartbreaking to lose anyone, especially so young. But two, that I couldn't save him that day, and I witnessed the terror and trauma of it all. And three, that I truly believed my life took his. This was the hardest part for me. Not only was it hard that he actually died, but it was harder because I truly felt it was my fault. He was visiting me out west. It was my boyfriend driving who fell asleep at the wheel, and I could not save him when he needed me the most. Those thoughts haunted me and circulated my mind for years, at times more intrusive than others, but always lingering under the surface, the guilt, believing it was just something I would always have to carry and deserve to carry. I had what I now know is called survivor's guilt for sure, terribly, and I wished it was me or I wish that I could have went with him. But at this time in 2007, I did get myself some help, started medication due to the suicidal ideation, and this began my fight to live. So I believe now guilt and shame are the heaviest emotions a person can carry. Lots of us know the feeling of grief and know how heavy grief is in itself. But compiled with guilt and shame, it's like walking in quicksand, trapped, never being able to break from it. So my fight to live quote that pushed me at this time in 2007 was this. Tragedy happens. What are you going to do? Give up? Quit? No, I realize now that when your heart gets broken, you've got to fight like hell to make sure you're still alive because you are. And that pain you feel, that's life. 
the confusion and fear, that's there to remind you that somewhere out there, there's something better and that something is worth fighting for. Seeing life as a challenge to overcome, a fight to win became my goal. And a major motivator for me to win this fight was love. Love for my family and friends still here, like Gordy did and set out to do after our dad died, and love to honor Gordy and my dad's lives properly. Gordy's writings helped me truly believe if the situation were reversed and I died that day and he were still here, that he would find reason to keep going. So I had to. His last pages of his book, though, have always just giving me shivers. He alludes to the fact that he knew a change was coming and he had a strange vibe it wouldn't be good. He said, I write in fear. Whatever whatever does happen, I will find reason behind it. Prepare for the worst. And his very last line in his book, which he wrote in May of 2005, says, yet fear is all around us. Something is wrong. And Gordy died only two months later after writing those very words. It's pretty eerie, right? And his obituary, it even says he would remember, he'll be remembered for his weird theories. He always felt that what he wrote down in his book would come true. And well, whether it's intuition or weird theories, like his last line written, he was sure right. Something was definitely wrong. And losing him was the worst and most wrong day of my entire life. And the only way through it was to determine to find reason and meaning no matter what like he said he would. And this is what helped me to never give up. Tuesdays with Maury. It's an amazing book and it helped me a lot back in these days. And one line says, I hope you can find the healing power of grieving. Being so close to death that day, staring it in the face, watching it literally leave my brother's body, it breaks a person for sure. But it also awakens you to see how quickly your life can be over. It could have been me. And another line from Tuesday, Tuesdays with Maury, we are all terminal. Some are just lucky enough to know it. And I think when we're confronted with the reality and we realize the reality that we too will die one day, it can be harsh, yes, but it can also be the greatest gift ever given. It's like we all know we are going to die, but we really don't believe it, which is why we do live so carefree and careless and take so much for granted at times with our health or relationships and time. King Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, tells us in Ecclesiastes, sadness is better than laughter as sadness has a refining influence on us. Saying a wise person thinks, thinks a lot about death, but a fool thinks only about having a good time. He's basically telling us here that we will get more out of our lives if we consider the lessons of death. That life is short, not to be morbid, but to seek a more meaningful life. We need to understand how brief and fragile ours really is. When we know something is precious, we protect it and preserve it. And that's what we need to do in our own lives. And so although the tragedy of Gordy's death is awful, there's, there is a healing power in grief as well that can be found. Our pain can truly become one of our greatest strengths if we choose to let it. And I'd say that's been the greatest impact for me through Gordy's death, knowing the power of choice. At about year two, I really started to seek more spiritually, and this quote came to me and became a saving grace. The power that lies within you is the power of choice. I wrote it on my wall in my room, and it became my foundation. And so many people have asked me, why do I choose to skydive? So on July 9th, for the first 10 years after Gordy died, I skydived. 
People have always asked, what's the significance? Though I can sum it up in two quotes. Ernest Hemingway said, It is one thing to be in the proximity of death to know more or less what she is, and it is quite another thing to seek her. Maybe I initially did it to literally seek death, or maybe it was just a way to throw myself out of a perfectly good airplane in response to a day that made me crazy and so sick on the inside. But what I faced that day of the accident, being in the proximity of death, terrified me. So jumping became about facing the fear. Embrace the fear and fall. The song lyrics I love from Endo 4. But it wasn't just about fear to me. Quote 2 says, Sometimes you just have to take the leap and build your wings on the way down. This quote still sits on my shelf to this day. Because jumping wasn't just about facing fear. It was also my leap of faith. My promise to Gordy not to give up. My hope to seek meaning. Looking death in the face like I did and choosing to take the leap of faith in spite of it all. How I see it, we are always choosing between these two things. Every decision we make in life is made from a position of faith or fear. To choose faith over fear is a constant battle, something that needs to be pursued and consciously chosen. We are human and our default is fear, so it will always be harder to choose faith. And that's what jumping reminds me to do to choose faith, to face fear, and to build my wings on the way down. I'll never forget my first jump on year one. The instructor asked me about my armband that I was wearing, said Gordy's name. I told him that I was jumping for him, and I started to cry, and I was apologizing for crying. And he said, don't you, don't you say sorry. I lost my brother 15 years ago, and I still cry like a baby sometimes. They're worth every tear. And that was the first time I saw crying as a positive rather than a negative. Tears are just as valuable as sweat is for the body. Sweat detoxes chemicals from our bodies. Tears detox our souls. And losing Gordy has taught me to let myself cry. Because he really is worth every single tear. But at that moment, I could not imagine making it to 15 years without him. Like the instructor had. At here I am, and guess what I'm doing today, guys? I'm skydiving. And if this year isn't one to face fear and build your wings on the way down, I don't know what is. From going through my very odd and confusing divorce, to a worldwide pandemic, to it being the 15th year anniversary that Gordy left this earth, you better believe I'm jumping from an airplane. I need the jump, to be honest, to recommit myself to never giving up, to facing and embracing fear, and to determining to build my wings on the way down. It's my leap of faith. I plan to jump every five years now, I think, just to reset and remind myself of this. I heard in a podcast recently, if you're not actively resisting, you are actively participating. And it's true, just like a bystander in a bullying situation. If you're not actively resisting it, you are actively participating in it. Fear is everywhere. So if we are not actively resisting it in our lives, then we will actively participate in it. Now, not everyone needs to jump from an airplane to resist or face fear. We can also do this by staying grateful in the present. I'll tell you honestly, my life changed most the moment I stopped asking God why Gordy died and started thanking him that I was still here. This was a very long journey due to the guilt and pain But in the last five years, I've been healed in this area, and I thank God so much for this. Learning to stay grateful and present are life skills, and I believe we can all train ourselves to do more of this each day. Gordy always said, you live 
you love and you die. And well, there's this quote that says, there will be two dates on your tombstone and all your friends will read them. But all that really matters is that little dash between them. So you live, you love, you die. Gordy lived 1987. That little dash you love, the dash is his, his love. And die, and you die, his death date, 2005. That's the way I see it. And that's what he represents to me. His little dash is love. That's why he had just such a passion to help others. That's why he's been able to help me through his own death, through his words and his writings. And that's what I continue and want to continue to carry forward and honor him with. Because really, it's the greatest commandment. You must love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I believe we are created to love and be loved. The Bible says each of us are born in God's image. And that God is love. But when we hurt, we build walls around our heart due to the pain. I know I did. But I've learned those same walls we build to protect us from pain doesn't just stop pain from coming in. They stop love from coming in and going out. The movie The Shack, it's so good. If you haven't seen it, you got to see it. It gives a great illustration how a bird is created to fly. But with a clipped wing, it can't do what it's created to do. It's the same with each of us. Our pain is like that clipped wing. When we stare down the knothole of our pain, when all we see is pain, we actually can't do what we were created to do, which is give and receive love. Our unresolved and unacknowledged pain does this to us. So I hope from this you can carry a bit of Gordy forward with you by remembering to acknowledge your pains and know there is reason and meaning to be found in everything that happens to you, that love is literally the point, so make it your dash as well. To embrace the fear and take the leaps of faith, remember, sometimes you have to fight like hell to remind yourself that you are still alive and you are worth fighting for. Stay grateful and train yourself to be present, and if you suffer from guilt or shame in any capacity, know that God literally does not want that for you. There is forgiveness, and you can hand it over to him. Remember, your life is precious and very short, so protect it and do things of meaning. Most importantly, of course, Gordy would want you to have so much fun. Life is just too short not to. And I'll leave you with this quote. It's from one of Gordy's favorites, good old Hunter S. Thompson. When the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. And I have to believe, like my grandma always said, the good die young honey, I'll be here till I'm 100 and she made it into her 90s. That this weird twist of losing Gordy too young, it has to mean he's turned pro up there, right? Maybe he's earned his wings? I don't know. Definitely earlier than any of us would have liked, that's for sure. But you just never know. All I do know, though, as he is the first face I expect to see when I get there. Alrighty, my friends, thank you so much for listening, for letting me honor my brother like this. If you didn't know him, you would have loved him. I just know it. And I hope you know I love you, I believe in you, and I will see you next week. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to episode one of season two of Ever Present. It's just such an honor to be able to share Gordy with you. I hope you have a blessed week and be safe. Okay.